0: and fellowship will get 100% behind you amen so I'll just entrust that to uh, my lovely wife amen <laughs> amen God is good and all the time come on somebody has the Sunday school left are they waiting for me to dismiss them okay Sunday school you are dismissed okay this mic's off. Amen. <laughs> hey we had such a great uh, weekend. Uh, give me that other quarter mic rather. Quarter mic until. Let me know when this one's on. Okay. Okay. This one's unplugged. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, family, we've, uh, we've had a rough weekend. <laughs> Felt like I was in youth again. Um, no more 16 valve. <laughs> uh, normally when it gets to 7 PM, I start timing out, uh, timing out now. So the effects of fatherhood, <laughs> but, uh, It's always such a pleasure, pleasure and joy being in the presence of God. Um, You know, I could be in the presence of God for hours and hours and hours, but I won't keep you that long. I made a promise to myself and the wife and the team that I will do my best to be as short as possible this morning. So if I do go over 30 minutes, please call my wife. She's my timekeeper. Amen. And um, so good to see some uh, friends and family. Um, Brad, Hailey, Dalen and, and, and the kids. So good to see you all. And uh, speaking to Dr. Yanez um, yesterday, uh, we, we shared our story and our testimony, but uh, speaking to him yesterday, uh, he plans on coming back next year about the same time. Uh, just said I promised him, we will do bigger. Because I believe that there are more people that can experience the presence and power of God, and uh, we're going to collaborate with a few churches in the West Rand. Um And we're just going to hold a bigger meeting. Uh, the testimonies are still rolling in, and if I would share some of them with you this morning, it will totally blow your mind. Um, but there's a time for everything, Amen. It's a time for the signs and wonders. It's a time for battle, and it's a time to retreat and sharpen your blade. So this morning, I just want to just drop some seed thoughts with you from the word of God. We've come out of reading the book of Acts, and something I like to emphasize in our preaching and our ministry is that the gospel is incomplete apart from signs and wonders. Yes. But scripture says in 1 Corinthians that the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in demonstration of spirit and power. Okay? Scripture says in Isaiah that we are for signs and wonders. When Paul was speaking about visiting the church at Rome, he said, I long to impart some spiritual gift to you. But also know this, that the gospel we proclaim is not proclaimed in human wisdom but proclaimed in in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit and His demonstrations. And so, walking with God is not conceptual. Walking with God must be an experience, am I right? Walking with God must be an experience. If you have a relationship with God and you don't experience God, you are missing an important component in your faith, bottom line. So I'm going to encourage you, take the word and experience from the weekend and mix it with faith. Allow to change your heart, allow God to work in you and work through you. Amen. Can I, can I change this mic it's yeah. cutting off give me the call mic <laughs> call the mic is reliable yeah <clears throat> turn at me please to Romans chapter five <clears throat> Romans chapter five and then we'll'll we'll begin praying Romans chapter 5 reading from Verses 12, when you're there, please give me an amen. amen. <coughs> Family, I really don't like preaching from a laptop. Uh, we have such a rough weekend. Uh, I didn't get to transfer my notes <laughs> onto a manual. I once, the uh, reason why I don't like preaching from a laptop, it's not that I'm trying to be fancy this morning, but I once saw a preacher get up Sunday morning with his laptop, expecting it to be a PowerPoint <laughs> right on the stage. <laughs> And his laptop just died completely. Okay. And all his notes were gone, man. He was sweating on <laughs> the So from that day, I promised myself I never to preach with a laptop. But I don't care how advanced we get in technology. <laughs> Even relying on my Bible app, I, I don't do that. I'm sorry. My well, battery dies all the time. So Romans 5, verse 12, when you're there, please give me an amen. And I always worry about this side of the congregation. Romans chapter five, reading from verse twelve, the Bible says, Therefore just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over to those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if it came by one man's offense that many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of God by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through one who sinned but the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation but the free gift that came from many offenses resulted in justification for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ and then turn me to 1st Corinthians chapter 15. 1st Corinthians chapter 15. We need to give me an amen. Let's read from verse twenty-two. In fact, let's read from twenty-one. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Whereas in Adam all die, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Amen. God bless us, the reading of his word. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. We've been overwhelmed with your presence and your power and your word this weekend. And we pray this morning, Lord, it'll be no different. That Lord, we'll take your word, receive it by faith, anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. I pray, Lord, you'd make our hearts fertile soil for the incorruptible seed of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen and Amen. There are, or there was two most important people that ever walked the face of the earth. The two most important men who ever walked through the face of the earth was Adam and Jesus. Because had there not been an Adam, there would not be a you and a me. Had there not been a Jesus, there wouldn't be a you or me. So perhaps one of the greatest lessons we can learn from this in some weird sense is that you know, one man and one woman can make a difference. One person can have an impact. And the reason why these two men are the most important men that ever walked the face of the earth is because they are the prognators of of creation. Adam was the founder and federal head of the human race and all of creation. And Jesus being the last Adam is the prognator and, and federal head of the new creation in the case of adam and in the case of jesus both men had a colossal impact it will last as long as the earth exists scripture says in 1 corinthians chapter 15 that all men are in adam every one of us in adam and we all die and those who are in christ have life Now, since Adam was the federal head and covenant head of, and the father of creation, of all of us, we were all in Adam. In a similar sense, Scripture in Hebrew says that when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, even though Levi was not yet born, Levi paid tithes. To melchizedek and the author of hebrews says therefore the priesthood of melchizedek is of a higher order than the priesthood of the levites because levite was in adam and came from the lineage of of, of abraham and so in a similar sense since adam was our father and and is our father and was the the federal head of humanity all of us were in adam So, what Adam did would automatically impact on our lives. So, when Adam sinned, all sinned. When Adam died, we all died, spiritually speaking. And so, what Adam did, Romans chapter 15 says, that because by one man, Adam, by one man who was disobedient, and sinned. He gave entrance to sin and then sin gave license and passage to death. And therefore, all are disobedient and all died and all became sinful because we were all in Adam and Adam sinned. And that's why when we are born, we are all conceived in sin. And so 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that we bear the image and likeness of the first Adam. And that's why Jesus had to come. Jesus had to come to roll away the reproach of the old creation. And to deal with death and sin. And so Jesus meets with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and he's speaking to, speaking to a religious man, a Pharisee. And he tells Nicodemus, he says, Nicodemus, no one can see God's kingdom unless they're born again. No one can be part of God's family except by birth. Just as you were born by Adam and just as you were born by your mother and daddy, you know, It wasn't a stalk that came and dropped you off at the, <laughs> on your daddy's doorstep, okay? Your mommy and daddy would explain the bees and the, and the stork story later on in life. <laughs> okay. but, but just as you are born into your family, you must be born into God's family. Okay. And so Jesus tells Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he makes the statement and a lot of a lot of teachers get this get this wrong he says that which is spirit the spirit and that which is flesh and flesh unless you're born of water and unless you're born of spirit you can have no part in god's kingdom now when jesus said unless you're born of water he's not speaking or referring to water baptism he said that which is flesh is flesh and that which is spirit spirit you must be born of water and spirit so water and flesh are used synonymously and when jesus said you must be born of water what he's saying is he's speaking in an idiom and in a metaphor that was commonly in the day he says it's the picture of of a woman that that water breaks you must be born of water you must have a natural birth, and you must have a spiritual birth. And so, naturally speaking, we are all from the lineage of Adam. We have had a natural birth. We are born of flesh. But you cannot be part of God's family unless you also bear the image of the lost Adam. And you can only bear the image of the lost Adam by being born into God's kingdom, you must have a spiritual birth, you must be reborn. And so if you never have a relationship with Christ, and you never come to Christ, and you've never had that that spiritual rebirth, then you've only had a natural birth. And if you And if you never come to that place where you have that second birth experience, and the scripture says that there awaits a second death. For those who are outside of Christ, you will be born once and you will die twice. (laughs) And you can read the book of Revelations for what the second death entails. But for those who know Jesus by relationship, they have two births and only one death. Not only are they born naturally, but they're born spiritually, but they never taste the second death. Because Jesus said, He who believes in me, though he die physically, he will pass from death to life. Amen. He who believes in is saved already. And he who does not believe the condemnation of God remains on him. And last week, Remmel spoke so clearly about this. He said, what what does it mean to be saved? Saved from sin? Saved from hell? No. If you truly, truly understand the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, you, you are not saved from hell. Hell is a manifestation of God's justice and wrath. God is the monarch of hell, not the devil. He is the ultimate ruler of hell. And hell was preserved for the devil and his angels. But by the craftiness of the serpents, sin entered the world through one man's disobedience, and death through sin. And so Christ came, that we might have life. What are we saved from? And Kramer put this so nicely last week. He said, we... Are saved by God from God. We are saved from God's judgment. If you were to stand before God right now in your sins, family, you would cry out for hell because He is such a pure and holy and just God. And a just God cannot leave sin undealt okay. with. But He's made a way out of no way. There is a sacrifice for all of humanity. And that sacrifice came by way of the last Adam. The first Adam died with his wife, but the last Adam died for his bride. And so this Adam. The Bible says in Romans 15 that by one man's disobedience, sin entered the world and death through sin, but by one man's obedience, Jesus Christ. Life and grace, apostle all who would believe. And so not only must you bear the image of, of Adam, but you must bear the image of the lost Adam. You must bear the image of Jesus. Amen. And so Adam was the head of creation and Jesus, the head of the new creation. The first Adam became a prototype and a pattern for all men who would follow. That's why we all conceive in sin. And in like manner, the second Adam and the last Adam became the prototype and pattern for all that would follow who would believe. So I want to show you a few passages of scriptures. Turn with me to Romans eight twenty nine. You could just make a note of this. I'll, in fact, I'll, I'll just read it for you, but make a note of this. Romans eight twenty nine refers to Jesus as the firstborn of creation. Not the only born, but the firstborn of creation. Romans eight twenty nine reads for whom God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That Christ might be the firstborn of many brethren. That includes the sisters by the way. <laughs> yeah. So he's the firstborn, the patent son, of all who would follow. Colossians 1, 15 and 18, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. This is not referring to him in his deity; it's referring to him as the man, Christ. So Christ is now the firstborn over all creation, the patented son. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. What does it mean that he's the firstborn of the dead? That the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in us and is able to quicken our mortal bodies. In other words, just as Christ rose again from the dead, that promise awaits for each and every single one of us. And one day the graves will give up the dead. And Paul put this so nicely in in 1 Thessalonians. He says, that when Christ returns, we're all going to be caught up to meet him in the air. There'll be a sound of a trumpet blast, the voice of an angel. And the first, those who have died, will be risen from the dead. That's why the scripture says, "Death, Where is your sting grave? Where is your victory? Hebrews 1 verse 6. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says that all the angels rejoice. Revelations 1 verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over all the kings of the earth to whom loved, who loved us and washed us from our sins. He is the firstborn, the prototype and the pattern of many who would follow. That means the life Christ lived must be the life that we adopt. That means the ultimate reference for our faith. And that means, that means Christ has set the pace. That means he went before us so that we could follow in his steps. That's why the scripture says that our ultimate goal and mission assignment in life is to look like him, to become like him. And John, John the Revelator put it this way, he says, uh, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not been, been spoken of, of, of what we shall be, but we know that when we see him, we will be just as he is. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll become just like him because he is our goal. He is the high calling in Christ that we press towards. And so he is our pattern. He is our example. We strive to become like him. Philippians 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, since he is the patented son, since he is the prototype, let this mind and attitude that was in Christ also be in you. That's what Paul tells us in First Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says to the church, imitate me also as I imitate Christ. First Peter 2 verse 21, for to this you were called, because Christ has also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. <laughs> and again in Ephesians 5 he says, "Present be ye imitators of Christ, his dearly beloved children. John 13 verse 15, for I've given you an example, Jesus speaking to his disciples. So I've given you an example, I've given you a template that you should do as I have done. First John 2 verse 6, he who says he abides in me abides in Christ, ought himself also to walk as he walked." And I like the way the New Life Translation puts us, the one who says he belongs to Christ should live in the same kind of life that Christ lived. So we call to adopt the mind of Christ, we call to follow in his example. I'm not encouraging anyone here to go and make disciples, but you get what I mean. You know, to go and be a rabbi anywhere <laughs> with tassels and ro- no, you know what I mean. Adopt his mindset. Adopt his attitude. Adopt his heart. Adopt his works. Not only we're we called to adopt his ways, but we called to love like he loved. Yeah. That's why he told us in John thirteen. He says, "A new commandment I give to you." He doesn't say, "Love one another as you love yourself." No. It comes from the old covenant. He says that you love one another as I have loved you. That's how you love one another. You love in the same manner I love. John 15, 12. This is my commandment. Again, that you love one another as I have loved you. Ephesians 5 verse 2. Again, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet aroma. He is the example of love. Not only are we called to love like he loved and, and think like he, he thought, but he told us in John 14 and he cho- told his disciples, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. And we heard Dr. Yanez share on this at the breakfast. And I love this particular passage of Scripture because Jesus is speaking to a broader audience. He's speaking to a broader audience and they're questioning his, his authority with the Father. And then he says, if you don't believe what I say to you, at least believe for the miracle's sake. Don't the miracles themselves testify of who I am? I raised the dead in front of you. I opened blind eyes in front of you. At least believe for that sake. And then he went on to say, but I will show you one better to validate my claim, to validate who I am, not only only because of the miracles I'm doing, but the works that I'm doing, my disciples will do also. Now, it's easier to discredit me if I'm doing the miracles, but if I release their power in you and you see the, the blind see, And you see the lame walk there's no way that anybody can convince you otherwise amen Amen. Amen. that is true leadership and authority that's why we we don't believe in ministry in a one-man show one man is not supposed to do the miracles and do the signs and wonders no this is a body ministry this is a body ministry the power is available to all those who believe so for those of you who were at the breakfast yesterday and, and for those of you who experience the prayer line in impartation take it by faith Amen. Amen. If, if you don't believe in impartation then, then then you're missing a large chunk of the scriptures because some things are not taught, they're caught. Some things you don't receive by instruction, you receive by importation. Okay. Paul to Timothy, start the gift that you received by the laying on of hands by the elders. Paul to Rome, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gifts. Okay. So what happened yesterday was an importation by faith. Amen. Yeah. You go and you work the same works. We can't wait for the next healing evangelist to come to town. You have the same spirit. You have the same Bible. You have the same God. His God is not smaller than your God. It's the same Christ that lives in us. Jesus said in Matthew 28, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, th- go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, observing them to do all things that I've commanded you, and know that I'm with you throughout the ages. That's our mandate, family. All authority has been given to Christ, and he gives us that authority. Walk in the manner that Christ walked. When we refer to grace and mercy, it always breaks my heart because we always associate God's grace and mercy with, Lord, we need forgiveness. Lord, I stumbled again. Lord, I'm so weak. The spirit's swelling with the flesh is weak. Walk in the authority of Christ. The grace of God is not there just to pick you up when you fall. The grace of God is there to carry you through, to overcome every temptation and trial. You can walk a victorious life over your sickness. You can walk a victorious life over your circumstances. Because Christ who lives in you is greater than he that is in the world. No more pity parties. You have the power and you have the authority walk with God and work with God we become so used to excuses I was weak Uh, uh, devil gave his punch oh Lord forgive me forgive me no enough of it family you know there's a friend friend of mine uh, A few years ago, we walked very closely together, and I, I may have shared this before, but the way he struggled in his walk, but he was the most vocal about his faith. That's what I couldn't understand. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's the empty barrels <laughs> that make the loudest noise. And he was so vocal about his faith, preaching everywhere, but whenever there was a fancy face around, a pretty face, he was gone with the wind. You know. And I always try to counsel him and say, no, you can you know, come, 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 God, God forgives, pick yourself up again. Okay? And then one day God rebuked me and said, you have more sympathy with this man than you have with me. He tramples my blood underfoot and shames my name. And yet you sympathize with him and not with me. So I've learned in some seasons to sympathize with God. It's his name that you bear. Yeah. You have all 66 books of the Bible. Do you know what this world has been through? It's the most persecuted book. It survived emperors and burnings and citywide burnings and tortures. And and men have come, atheists who say this will become extinct. They made it their mission to ban the Bible. In some countries, this is banned. And yet it's available on apps, you can get the audio Bible, get the dramatized version. You can hear even the nails banging on the audio psh, to the hands of Jesus. You can hear the donkeys making a hee-haw, hee-haw noises. You, you can hear the rain falling. And you have all this convenience around you. Different translations of the Bible. If you don't like the bees and dows and heathers and titters, you can go to the more modern translations. And yet we'll read everything else every newspaper, Now all the soccer players' names and their histories, and every detailed parts of a car's engine, you can disassemble it and reassemble it, and you know your profession, your books, no one can, can talk you out around labour laws and basic conditions of employment, and you know everything mm. except us. And about that, you have the author of the book that lives inside of you. The difference between the law and that Elijah and him lived in and the difference between the new covenant is that in the old covenant, he gave us the laws to obey. But in the new covenant, he says, I've noticed how men have stumbled at the law. So I'm not just going to give you the law to obey. I'm going to give you the power to obey. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He'll come and live and abide in you and you will have the power to pray. You'll have the power to obey. You have the power family. We have it. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. No more excuses. Excuses are the crutch of the uncommitted. Commit to God. We want God to commit to us but we won't commit to him. That's why he says draw near to me and then I'll draw near to you. But I'm not going to build a fence around a house that's not mine. You won't give me the yard but you want my, my hedge. Can we stand family? Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And I was glad that uh, the meeting on Friday night went until, yeah, we got home what time? After 11, I was 12, I was 12. I looked at the watch as I was laying down, it was 34, it might be 34 minutes past 12. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, it felt so good. Normally I'm always time sensitive, got to get you out here in the next 35 minutes. When it comes to parties and yeah. clubs and... Yo, there's no time, there's no time buried on our fun and excitement and entertainment. Yo, I sat once, I think it was a four hour Avengers movie. <laughs> remember? Oh, four hours. I said and watched a movie. Yo, when was that I spent four hours buried and lost in the book of books? God did an amazing thing this weekend. He's with us, but don't let to be short lived. Okay? The move of God is sustained by discipline, and character, and consistency. Consistency creates impact. Okay, consistency creates momentum that creates impact. That's how the spiritual world works. Inconsistency doesn't build momentum. Go you know, talk to Elrico about the consistency of a diet you're on off when you're dieting just one weekend just one Saturday all those sugary treats it'll throw out a whole week of discipline the power of consistency consistency is currency it's gold more important than money amen can we pray no altar call this morning is a strong challenge to you to come up higher <coughs> come up higher family your kids, my kids, will remember this weekend. They yeah. so how mommy and daddy oh, spent long nights in church, the presence of God. It was uncomfortable for them. But it'll be a memory that will last forever. Yes. To see my kids in the at the altar, experiencing the power of God is priceless, family. Yeah priceless I wouldn't trade that for anything in in my life we serve God not for our generation only but for the next it's bigger than you it's bigger than you family let's pray father thank you for your word I thank you for your presence thank you for your love you love us you gave us all the resources we have to become giants of faith I pray Lord that when we leave here this morning we'll mix the word with faith we'll follow the pattern that was given to us not the pattern of any man any man of of power or faith no but we follow the pattern of the son the lost Adam his image we want to bear we want to look like him we want to sound like him we want to think like him we want to do the works that he did and when we leave a room, we want people to say, surely, surely he's been with Jesus. Come on. That the fragrance of Christ will be left at every place, in every home, every encounter. That when, they, when they touch us, they touch Jesus. And so we want to bear his image. And we look forward even though we stumble at times and a week, we look forward to that day when we see him eyeball to eyeball. And in a twinkling of an eye, in a moment we will be transformed just like him. For this purpose, Lord, you created us, Romans 8. For those whom you foreknew, you also predestined to be conformed and shaped and changed and transformed into the image and likeness of your son. And Everybody live with that mission. They don't know their call and assignment this morning. Let them know that this is the target. This is the mission. This is their purpose, to be conformed to the son, to the last Adam, in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen family. God bless you. Um I'm on let's way to the announcements. My mind is is a bit fuzzy this morning. Thank you, babe. Okay.